What's up, guys? Welcome to the Follow Me Show. You are here with your host, Michelle, and Didi. And Michelle has a very deep voice today. It's actually <laughs> Drew. What's up? <laughs> hey, guys. So today is episode thirteen of the Follow Me Show. And for those of you just joining us, this is a podcast for real estate agents specifically, but honestly, all entrepreneurs can take advantage of the information that we give because we give all the tips and the tricks and the do's and don'ts of the modern real estate agent. But for entrepreneurs and sales agents out there, you can really take advantage of the information that we give from your cold calling to your sales, prospecting, everything in between. Life. Really, life. I mean, honestly, in this episode, you'll see what we're talking about too. And again, so if you're just joining us today, please like us, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We are on iTunes, Uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, Snapchat. And so if you have any questions about real estate or just need some, uh, a little bit of follow up from this, you can follow us on Snapchat. Ask us any questions. Ask us any <laughs> questions that you have, and we will get right to you. So We've had a little red wine, we have. so it's going to be a good show. This is the best way to do a follow me show. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and get to it. Today's episode, episode 13, is all about how to automate, delegate, and control your time. And we all know as a real estate agent, you really need to control your time and set your standards. Yep. And today we're going to be going over three principles. Um, really, it's, it, it's what realtors can learn from the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. There is so many golden nuggets. And we're going to give you an overview mm-hmm. of what we consider the top three principles from that book and how they apply to entrepreneurs and more specifically realtors. So in the four-hour work week, for anyone who's either listened to the audiobook or has read the book, The Four-Hour Work Week, there are four key principles that he talks about. It is delegation, elimination, automation, and liberation. So we've consolidated it into three core principles that, we're, like Drew said, we're going to talk about. And so what are those three? So what you're going to take away... Um, from this podcast is pretty much time and how to expand your time and you do that through three principles the first one is the 80 20 principle second one is Pareto's principle and the third one is outsourcing yep and so we'll go ahead and get right to it so so okay so let's talk about it so the first principle that we're going to talk about is the 80 20 principle also known as Pareto's principle now let me break that down for you Mm -hmm. 80 the 80-20 rule or 80-20 principle states that 80% of anything or something is created by 20% of something. Another way of saying that is 80% of outcomes come from 20% of efforts Mm -hmm. and so on and so on. So let's take, for example, um, we are in a working industry and we have maybe 10 tasks. Now, out of those 10 tasks, one or two tasks will, will be creating 80% of the outcome. And we want to find what those tasks are, what is going to be that 80% of the outcome for you so you can create the most time. And then on the other hand, 80% of perhaps your pains that you're finding in real estate, um, some of the issues that you're having is going to be 
coming from 20% of whatever is going into your business. So let's say that's, let's say if you have 10 clients, two of those are going to be producing 80% of your problems. And so what you want to do on a periodic basis is find out who is giving you the most positive output for your business and also mutually how you're helping them. And also 20% of those people um, are giving you the most results. So 80% of your results, just to give you an overview. So it works both for the positive and the negative. So let's, let's give you an example. Let's say you're working with, like, like Diddy said, 10, 10 clients, right? And did I say 10 agents? I don't know. I think I said 10 okay, agents. Whatever. 10 clients. 10 clients. Okay. So let's say you're an agent and you're working with 10 clients. Now, eight of your clients, easy peasy, right? They, they do, they do 80% what, of them. Yeah. yeah. They do what you, what you ask. Um, everything is, everything is awesome. And they're only taking up 20% of your time. Now, the inverse of that is what about the other 20% of your clients? So let's say 20% of your clients, they're taking up most of your time and producing the least result. Mm -hmm. Now, or the most pain in the business as far as like, let's say you're showing them homes, but every time you go to make an appointment, they're canceling those appointments. So you know the, the, you know the clients that we're talking about. You know the ones that are really giving you an issue. And although they want a certain outcome, they're still not doing what it is you're telling them is the best thing to do for looking at those homes or listing the homes. You have to make sure that you stage this home well, and yet you still find yourself constantly getting this negative feedback or no feedback at all from other agents that are showing the homes because they're not doing what you told them to do and what's going to help them sell the home. And for you realtors out there that are listening, that are existing, you know exactly yes. who we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's that client that calls you at all hours of the night complaining about a leaf in their front yard. Right. Just anything and everything. And so what you want to do as a realtor and as an entrepreneur is decide, okay, what's really going to help and what's really taking up the most of the most time and from there decide what you're going to do about it so you want to start eliminating or as tim ferris says trimming the fat boom trimming the fat yeah, yeah. and so that's what the 80 20 is all about so the way that you can start doing that is start evaluating your pipeline start to evaluate the people that are willing and able to do what it need what they need to do to get the home that they want or get their home listed or sold and all of that and see if there's something that is not worth your time or see what needs to uh, what you need to implement what you need to expand upon to help them with whatever it is that you're working on at that time. And again, for realtors, that's going to be your listings and that's going to be the homes that you're showing. So if you have a client, for instance, that wants to see a hundred homes, but they're just not doing what you're telling them to do can, as far can, as, could you give us an example? Of yeah. What, like for an example, I've, I've had many clients that have been top notch that have said, okay, I really want to go ahead and get this taken care of. So they go ahead and get their pre-approval. They make sure that they give you all the information that they need or they're giving the, the lender the information that they're asking for. And so they're easy breezy. It's, it, you know, not to say that you're not doing any work, but you're doing less work because they're actually implementing the, uh, the information that you're giving to them to take care of. 
And so those are the people that you want to start working with or that you want to continue providing the most service to. But if you find that there are those key people that constantly call you and ask you for information that you've already given to them and you've shown them how to use. Maybe your app, right? So, so, so let's yeah. say, let's say you have an app. It's, what, let's it, say that you have, okay. What, what app, you know okay, what I'm talking about, one. MLS app. What here's an example. About? So let's say that you're in Central Florida, you, you have the MFR MLS app, right? And you've given them the link and you said, okay, listen, if you see homes that you really like, go ahead and favorite it in the app and I'll see your favorites and I'll go ahead and call those, you know, those agents. But then instead what they're doing is they're sending you a ton of short sale homes or something from Zillow saying, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And you're telling them, well, that is actually under contract already. And they're giving you so much grief and they're saying, well, it says on Zillow that it's still available. I don't understand why in the app it shows <laughs> that it's inactive. I can't find it. And you're like, well, that's why you need to look in the app because unfortunately Zillow doesn't necessarily update right away or it, it's something like that. That is the type of client that is just the 20% that is producing 80% of your grief. And you need to determine from there, do you want to continue going through this over and over again and constantly redirecting or saying, you know what, it seems like you're not ready to pull the trigger or they're not getting their pre-approval. They're not giving you the information that you need to continue. At that point, you have to determine for yourself if you need to start trimming the fat. And in that case, yes, you do need to start trimming the fat. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. cut them out. And then so what's going to happen is once you you figure out which clients are causing you the most pain points um you're going to find that your time is going to expand quite a bit because you're not spending nearly the amount of time once you cut on them. those one two three four five clients mm -hmm. that are just causing you so much grief and so much time and unnecessary time at that it's not like mm -hmm. it's not like you know you don't want to spend time with your clients and work with them because obviously that's part of being a realtor, but unnecessary time, unnecessary issues. You got to get rid of those people right away. Yeah. It's really simple. If someone has signed up to work with you, you set that standard in the very beginning. I'm your realtor. I'm here to work with you. This is a, uh, a cooperating relationship, meaning both of you are putting the time, energy and effort forward to help them achieve their goals. Right. And if they're not willing to do that, it's very simple. Although it doesn't, it, it, sometimes it's easier said than done. Sometimes it might be difficult to have that conversation, but as a realtor, you need to start having those conversations. You need to know that that's really important to talk to people and say, Hey, listen, you either are ready to roll or if you're not, maybe we need to put you on a six month plan. Maybe you're ready to, to pull the trigger in six months and that's okay. It's not anything personal. It's just, don't waste your time on people who aren't willing to actually start to make the decisions to buy the home or to sell the home. Yep, and as you know, and as we've alluded to in many other podcasts, um, your time as a realtor is your number one variable. Mm -hmm. More than money, um, more it's than anything. It's the number one commodity. Yep, your time is a very, very, very important. So, basically, trim the fat. Take your twenty percent of people that are causing you eighty percent of the problems. Get rid of them and do this with a few other processes in your bit in your business. You know, let, let's look at um, emails. Let's look at cold calling. Let's look at yes. um, marketing. So let, let's say you're running email campaigns and you're cold calling, right? 
Now, which one is giving you the most results? Mm-hmm. Are 20% of your results coming from 80% of your efforts or are 80% of your results coming from 20% of your efforts? And where is it coming from? So let's say that you have a few different prospecting tools that you're currently using. Let's say you're using hmm, Twitter and Instagram to promote a listing, right? And then you're also using the MLS. These are just some examples of if you have a listing and you have a few different ways that you're marketing to it and also you're doing an open house event. Now, what may pertain to a certain listing may not necessarily pertain to the next listing, but for this one specifically, where are you getting the most traction? You have to be pliable, flexible, and say, okay, well, I noticed that so many people came to this listing on my open house because it's really, it's a really, really good listing. So the open house is a big hit right now. Every time I do one, people are constantly coming in. And of course, the way that you market it and the way what you provide at the at the open house and all of that is going to have something to do with it. But if it's a really hot listing and it's something that you see a lot of people are interested in and your open house events are doing well, well, there you go. Your efforts are um, affecting your efforts in the in the open houses that you're doing those open house events are affecting it more than when you pick up the phone and you start calling people saying hey i have this listing hey i have this listing come check it out whatever it is so you have to see what's really working for that particular incident or that that specific listing but on the next one if you're noticing that the email marketing you have a high ctr which is high click through rate so they're opening and you're checking this you're making sure that you're going in and seeing who's opening the emails who am i sending these listings to is this reverse prospecting from other agents or is this like a list you've built from linkedin and all these people are clicking so you have to see what really works for it and if it seems like the email campaign is the one that's getting you the most responses the most click-through rate then you know that that's working for that particular listing cut the rest out and expand upon that exactly yeah so it doesn't necessarily just pertain to clients but it also pertains to the processes that you're using as a real estate agent if you want to get into the nitty-gritty i mean it pertains to the same thing you know at at the gym at really whatever it is you're doing in life try to look at the 80 20 principle yeah so if you're looking and seeing that you're having uh, really good results like from squats and your ass is looking phenomenal because of your squats. But when you run, it doesn't look as good because not everybody is the same. Well, then you're going to continue to do more squats if that's something that you're trying to work on. It's very simple. Yep. Yeah. And so you can really use this for anything that you're doing. Okay. So that's the 80-20 principle in a whole, also called Pareto's principle. Please Google this and look this up. Also found in the 4-Hour Workweek. Mm-hmm. So the next one is almost as powerful, if not more powerful than the 80-20, and that is called Parkinson's Law. And this is going to be something that is more on you than your processes or your clients or anything else. This is you doing a self-evaluation of how you spend your time. So can you elaborate on what Okay, so basically this is what Parkinson's Law is. Now this is not out of Google, but this is out of Drew Google. <laughs> Drew Google. <laughs> no, okay. but no, Google Parkinson's Law. So th- this is what it is. It's pretty much this. A task allotted a certain amount of time to complete 
will swell to that a lot of time. So if you've got a project that you have to take care of within two weeks, you know you have two weeks to do it. But if you've got two days, you're like, oh shit, I need to get this done in two days. What do you think is going to be your results with the two days versus the two weeks? You know, your exact action. same thing. Exactly. But your actions are going to be greater with the two days, even though two days versus 14 days is a drastic difference. And another great example of this is school. So any of you that have been in college or even high school, really, um, you know, we're given a week, two weeks, three weeks to, to write a, you know, 500 to 3000 word essay. Mm-hmm. Now, usually what happens, and this is exactly what I did in college, is I waited until about 48 hours until the paper was due to write a 5,000-word essay, but I got A's most of the time. And yeah, and that's although because I, I was got given three, <laughs> Yeah, although I was given three weeks a month to do it, I didn't look at it or touch it until those 48 hours. Right. So basically, that, that task took two months to do because I was given two months to do it. Right. And what you can do in real estate is apply this um, to writing contracts, to cold calling, to making offers. If I'm telling you, hey, make 100 cold calls in a week's time, are you going to take that week's time? Mm-hmm. Y- you damn right. Yeah. Now, if you say, I'm going to make 100 cold calls in two days' time, what's going to happen? I'm, a- I'm asking you what's going to happen. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right. <laughs> She's had about a glass and a half. <laughs> so, if if you're given two weeks time to make a hundred cold calls, mm-hmm. are you gonna make? You're gonna wait until the last day to do it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Parkinson's law is setting deadlines, setting times, and acting on it quickly. Now, to elaborate, so in in the in the realtor world, some things you can use it on is I am now well okay so just like you said with cold calls you can do that or let's say for instance that your client wants to see homes but they say I can't go out until this Sunday and it's Tuesday so you might wait until the very last minute to go ahead and schedule everything if you know that you have what is that like five or six days to do that but in real estate, it's actually a really good idea to go ahead and bang it out. Let your presence be known from the listing agent right away. So you just pretend as if they want to go ahead and see the homes tomorrow. Not, Of course, not while you're scheduling it. While you're scheduling it, you're saying it's on Sunday. But you go ahead and get it done now. So I was reading a book once called uh, 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself. And geez, I wish I remembered the author of 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself. Great book. I love, it was one of the first books I I read before I got into sales when I was in uh, a pro, when I was doing property management, I listened to that book on audio and there was one particular part where the author said that he was working with someone. Um, I guess it was someone in his office and every time he worked with this person, he loved talking to him because when he would say, Hey, we have to get such and such done. That person didn't go ahead and make a note and say, okay, let's go ahead and get it done at that certain amount of time. He said, all right, well, let's do it now. And he would pull up a chair and make the call or write the email or take care of the task right there in front of him to say, let's go ahead and get it done because he acted as if it needed to be done right away. Now, of course, you're going to prioritize your things, but quite honestly, when it comes to priorities, 
be honest with yourself. I mean, priorities can kind of be bullshit if you say, okay, well, I have two days to do this, but two weeks to do that and two months to do this. Well, you can actually kind of get a lot of things done right away. And that's the kind of principle that they used in the book, 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself. And it really pertains to what Tim Ferriss does is you create time for yourself. You expand on time when you immediately start going in and taking care of what needs to be done. And if you were to sit, and Napoleon Hill says to do this, if you were to sit and document the the way in which you use your time, actually Grant Cardone says this too, document how you use your time in any given day. And Dan Pena. Dan and Pen- Dan Pena. Dan Pena makes you do this if yes. you are in his program. Yeah. So basically what you what you do is you sit down guys really try this for even three days and imagine how much time like you really so have so much to be, time will be wasted and you're gonna be like oh you're gonna my go, god what have i been doing if you truly self-evaluate and you stick to this again even for 72 hours for three days you sit at the end of the day and say how did i use my time today there are even apps for it, and tim ferris highly recommends using some apps to either Look at your time, evaluate the, the way that you're using your time. Whatever, yeah, app, or writing, block. email, whatever, however you want to evaluate your time, whether it's right. sending an email to yourself, journaling, depending on, on, on who you are. I'm just saying that there are apps that you can actually track how you've been spending your time, how you can evaluate and say, what have I been doing? all this time where you say, oh, there's just not enough time in the day. And the first people you'll hear say that quite quickly is a realtor. But the thing is, realtors learn really, really fast that you need to start controlling and expanding your time. And so Parkinson's law is a good way to do this. So I'm going to tell you guys when this was when I was getting my real estate license, Drew and I started to try to implement some of the principles from the four hour work week. And he started putting all of us, me, him, and our kids, and our kids were like one year old and three years old at the time. He started putting everyone on timers. And <laughs> he was like... Yeah, that was right. So we used to be really big into vegan food at the time. And so we had a lot of food processors going. We had juicers going all the time. And so there was a lot of prep and a lot of cleanup afterward, right? And like five minutes to actually do the work. So he would put a timer on the oven and say, okay, guys, we have 10 minutes to take care of this shit and get it done. And we were all working boom, 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 boom with massive energy to take care of it because we took it seriously. And when we did, we couldn't believe how much time we were actually getting as a result. Yeah, and we got it done in 10 minutes or less most of the time. Or, you know, maybe we go 60 seconds over. But imagine if you're just lollygagging around. Like, I'll get to it. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll pay this bill later. Yeah, what's that? There's not enough time. Not enough time. Oh, let me see. Oh, is that a new Captain America film on Netflix? (laughs) Civil War that looks really good. Oh, it's it's that, you know, it's really that kind of mundane, um, drawn-out life that most of us do, but we don't even realize. And then when you start um, using Parkinson's Law... Then you can really see that wow, a lot of these 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 ongoing tasks don't really need to take that long. If it's running a contract, if it's cleaning your room, mm-hmm. if it's making a hundred cold calls, if it's taking your real estate exam, whatever it is, it doesn't take that long. So one of the things that I know will be one one of the main reasons why 
realtors, entrepreneurs, people, human beings take a certain amount of time to do things is because you have what I call paralysis by analysis. And so what happens with this is you spend a lot of time thinking of things. There was one TED Talks I was watching and, and this woman said that you have five seconds from the time you make a decision to the time your brain comes in in survival mode and gives you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it and why it won't work. Don't don't skydive. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, I mean, don't there's so many the there's so many reasons why you shouldn't. So, one of the things that I notice for myself and for a lot of my friends that are realtors and and just other people is that you start to lose a lot of time by thinking too damn much. Yeah. And so and 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 those of you that are listening, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. It, you, any it, any person. It doesn't have in to be in real life. estate. It, yeah. It can be. It can be anything. You know what? I'm not going to ask that girl out because she might say oh, no. She's so pretty today. It is pretty she is. I you know, know that she has a boyfriend. I don't have a, my, my matching socks. You know, the, this shirt's not cut I'm yet. a little worried because of what I just ate. My breath might be bad. Yeah. You give yourself a million reasons why you shouldn't pull the fucking trigger. So we're here to tell you, listen, if you use Parkinson's law, all of those excuses that you have will completely eliminate the excuses because you don't have time for the excuses. You simply don't. You just time yourself and make this a timing thing. It's a lot, it's a lot like if you do uh, like a numbers game, cold calling, for instance. So you make it so that you don't have time to think about it. So Grant Cardone, just to, on a side note, a cliff note here, commercial break. Grant says that if you sit down to cold call, and we all know that this is true for anybody who's in real estate and you really don't like to cold call, you'll sit there and say, okay, I'm going to make 100 calls right now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Or a lot of people, actually, they don't even say the amount of cold calls that they're going to do. They just say, okay, so for the next two hours, I'm going to cold call. So you sit down, you get to the first call, and you say, okay, uh, I don't like your name. They seem like they'd be intimidating. Next, and you go to the next one and you go, hmm, mm. that's a million dollar home. I don't know if I want to call them. Ah, oh, it's 11 a.m. They're probably working, especially if it's a million dollar home. And guys, all this sounds like bullshit because it is bullshit. You'll come up with a million reasons why you shouldn't do something. Ooh, let me look up this guy on LinkedIn. You know, I, I don't up. like his face. He, or, or you say when you see him, oh, he looks too big time. Okay, I don't want to call him. He might be super pissed. Oh, he's a lawyer. He'll tell me about the do not call list. Guys, you know exactly what I'm talking yep. about. And so this happens. And so there are some key things that you can do for number one. And this was on episode, I think, what was it? Episode 11. You're good enough to cold call. Go through that one. You'll see all the reasons why you shouldn't and then all the reasons why you should do what you're doing with massive action. You just cold call, you cold call, you cold call, and you have the confidence. But um, Parkinson's Law is going to help you. And if you say, all right, I've got 30 minutes to make as many calls, not a certain amount, as many calls as I can, you don't think, you just go. One of the main problems with human beings is that we think too much when it's time to take action. Yep, way too much. So you have to attack. Sometimes you have to shut that part of your brain off and say, okay, I'm going to go do this no matter what happens. 
and I'm going to get through it. You have to get through a lot of no's before you get to the yeses. So these are some of the tools that are going to help you get through that. To get to those yeses, and those yeses turn into $6,000, $10,000, and on and on and on, which is one of the main reasons a lot of you got into real estate. Yeah, everybody has goals, which leads me to another thing just on a side note too. If you're in real estate and you haven't done this yet, set a money goal for yourself. It doesn't matter if it's August, whatever. Set a money goal and say by X date, I am going to make X amount of dollars. Do not put the thousands of excuses and roadblocks in front of you to say, well, I can't do that because it's August or I can't do this because of this and I can't do that. Forget about all of it. Pretend as if you have zero control over the circumstances because a lot of times you don't. Only say this, here's my definite major purpose. Here's my goal. I want to make this much in this amount of time and because you make a decision, all you have to do is decide that that's what you're going to do. The principles and the tools and the information that we give you is going to naturally fall into place for you to be able to implement anything you need to get to that goal. Yep. Stuff starts happening when you make a decision metaphysically in the background mm-hmm. for you to achieve your goals. So, let, 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 so let's say you're a new, you're, you're our, uh, new realtor and your goal is to make let's say $300,000, $400,000 net profit, okay? By, let's say, next summer, okay? So you're giving yourself about a year. Now, what's gonna happen is you have no idea how to do that. You, you, you don't know. But when you start telling yourself over and over every day and mm-hmm. night and morning that you're gonna make it happen, stuff starts to happen metaphysically yes. in the background that will give you the answer from your subconsciousness or what, whatever it is to actually manifest that reality, or if you don't, let, okay, let's say your goal is $400,000 and you fall way short. Oops, you only made $275,000. Well, you made $275,000. Exactly. And so, although this isn't necessarily on the line of Tim Ferriss principles, it's really important for you guys to know, really in everything that you do, you should be walking with your definiteness of purpose. And the principles, again, that we're talking about today, you can apply them as well as all the other principles that we talk about and some of the things that other entrepreneurs talk about. What's really important, guys, is these are the tools. These, these are some strategies. If they work for you, that's fantastic. If it doesn't, then you go on to the next thing. But what's really important is that you have that definiteness of purpose. You walk with a decision every day of your life. You say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I trust in myself and I trust in the greaterness. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it without being the greater good. I trust in the in in the overall to know that it's going to come to me. And so you might be listening. If you're a Christian, you're saying God. If you're right. uh, you know a Muslim, if you're, you're just, saying Allah. Right. If you're an atheist, you're saying energy. Whatever it is. Right. Or timing. So the thing is, if you're listening to this tonight, maybe some of you are listening to this after you've said, I'm fed up with the way that things are happening and the way things are going right now. I need to change. Or maybe you're saying, I needed some kind of sign to say, okay, I know I have the ability to achieve this. As Napoleon, as Napoleon Hill says, I know I have the, the ability to achieve my definite purpose in life. So you're listening to this right now, and we're talking about tools and strategies, but overall, the, for, the, 
for the overall of what you want to achieve, this might be exactly what you needed to hear. And the whole point of all of this and the point, the reason why we're saying all of this is you need to develop some type of strategy. Don't sit around and think about it too long. I keep wanting to say Pareto's principle. Parkinson's I thought you were going to say Perina. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shout out to Perina, my friend. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Parkinson's law is just one of a million different strategies and principles that you can use to start owning your time, creating the type of reality that you want as a new realtor, as an existing realtor, as an old hat realtor, as someone who's been in the business for a long time. These are just some strategies. Yep. So again, that's number yep. two. Parkinson's law pretty much says this, set deadlines and get it done. Because yeah. whatever deadline you set, you're going to come close to achieving that deadline. You may, you, you may achieve it. You, you may not. If you don't, it will be very close to the deadline that you have set. You would think that we weren't actually drinking wine, that we were doing something different with all the, all of the ways that we go with this. With this well, I think I, I think they're gonna be like, wow, they were drinking wine, or wow, they were smoking <laughs> something, which we weren't. That's night. We did. We know we're, we're out of the crystal meth. We're actually on the east coast, <laughs> wow. so that's a, a west coast drug. Yeah, it's Man, not yeah, as accessible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just you, kidding, guys. Don't get butt hurt. Anyway, okay. On. So what's number three? Okay, so 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 the last principle I want to talk about, and it's not really principle; it's just something you do. Um, ah, outsourcing. Yeah, yes, and this is guys. Okay, I can't I can't begin to express to you the importance of outsourcing slash hiring a virtual assistant from India. Mm-hmm. I. I think I think we, we went over this on, on the last podcast. This will expand your time exponentially. Imagine this, okay? You're listening to your podcast or our podcast. You're listening to you know um, maybe Dan Pena, Grant Cardone, Lewis House, who, whoever you're listening to that's kind of motivating you and Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, <laughs> and, and and you you know you know you're kind of you're like okay, wow, I'm I'm really starting to understand marketing, entrepreneurship, the bigger picture. But you're like, wow, you know, I got three kids, I got a husband, or I got a wife. I don't have the time to do this. Well, guess what? Now you do. Mm -hmm. So imagine this. Let's say you understand the real estate game now, and you're like, you know what? I'm a luxury. I am a. Um, I'm a luxury agent. That's my niche. I'm a luxury agent. So imagine that. You want to start marketing to luxury homes. You want to get their emails and you want to start blasting them with emails. Okay. You as a realtor have enough stuff going on. You're showing homes. You're putting in contracts. You're listing homes. Oh, on top of that, you're still a human and you still have a family. So you still have to live, right? So you're hanging out with your friends or you're spending time with your family. You shouldn't be spending too much time with your friends if you're a realtor. Or, I mean, or, or your family. Let's, let's just keep it real. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, some people, they're like, hey, that's very important. I have friends, family, blah, 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 whatever. So naturally, if I said, hey, Mr. Uh, realtor or Mrs. Realtor or Miss Realtor, I want you to go, go ahead and get uh, 300 emails so you can start marketing on these luxury homes. That would take a lot of time, 
And that is a lot of minutia as a real estate agent that you don't need to deal with mm -hmm. at all. Because your job is to get clients, sell homes, or help people buy homes. Your job is not to deal with the minutia. And that is where a virtual assistant comes in big time. You can tell them very, very simply, hey, guess what? This is what I need, I need you to, to do today. I want you to go ahead and get 300 emails from luxury clients in Brevard County that have been um, off the market and expired because it didn't sell for the past two years. And there you go. Boom. You got your market. You have 200 people now that you are email marketing and you're setting up calls so you can potentially sell their house. Mm -hmm. Another example of a great time saver that um, your virtual assistant can do is um, set up open houses, blast, um, blast emails, whatever it is you need them to do, they can do for you so you can in fact expand your time. So one of the things that you can also do is in when you were just talking about the email marketing, when you have an assistant, there are a lot of things that you will ha be very hands off about, but that's going to give you a lot, a lot, a lot of output. It's going to give you a lot of return on what you're doing. Let's say, for instance, you have an assistant and you want them, like Drew said, to, to market to a specific area. They have homes that are $500,000 plus that have expired or withdrawn from the system and they're no longer selling the homes. Okay, but you you don't necessarily want to cold call. Let's just say this is you. Not to say that you shouldn't cold call, but what you can do first is have that assistant do an email blast, whether it's through a company like Constant Contact or any email marketing service. And you say, hey, just wanted to touch base. I see that your home didn't sell. I would love an opportunity to earn your business. Whatever you're saying to them. Well, here's the thing. You might get a few that will respond saying, not interested, don't email me, blah, blah, blah. You might. And it's common. What you're going for is numbers, right? Your assistant is doing this work, though. So they are um, they are thwarting the, the emails that you don't really necessarily need to look at. They're looking at, they're monitoring what's happening. They're monitoring who has the highest click-through rate. So they're going in and saying, okay, who's open the emails? Who is actually clicking the links? And they can actually export, and any email marketing service can do this, but if you have an assistant, they can do this for you. <clears throat> they are going in and finding out who is most responsive to the emails you're sending? Because you're not going to just send one email. They're going to send a few. So your assistant can look at these reports and say, okay, so we have about 100 people right here who have been clicking on the last three emails you sent, and they're also clicking on the website, on your website. And so what you do from there is you compile that list. They export it for you. Then they can start text messaging these people saying, hey, and they're acting as you. This is... Brad with Follow Me Realty, I see that your listing recently expired. I'd love an opportunity to earn your business. But here's why this is important. You're not doing any of this work, but this click-through rate is showing you through a funneling system of who is really interested in what you're looking to do. And 
it may be a lot of work for you to manually text these people over and over and over again. Or, or but, email them or find their emails. Right. But if you have an assistant to do this, and I would recommend having, a, having an assistant over paying a text messaging service to do this, guys. Oh, any day. To be honest with you. Because if you do a text messaging service, it's more like a, hey, click here to stop the messages. And so those people immediately know that you're actually paying for a, it's an automated thing it's not personal so if you have a an assistant it is personal and so they're doing the emails for you then you have a funneling system from there then they're text messaging everybody individually and then from there they start securing appointments for you so they're basically working off of the uh the script that you've given them and they're setting up the appointments based on the availability that you have and from there you take it over so your job is talking to people it is the relationship business boom and your assistant has done I was all thinking, that work i was thinking boom in my head the whole time see and i said it boom ah. so that is the importance of an assistant to get really into the nitty-gritty we gave you guys a very specific example but on purpose because you're going to wonder sometimes well then why would i need somebody right now i'm just starting out as a real, okay. as a real estate so, agent so, and that's why so the so i'm going to elaborate and expand upon what you can do by hiring a VA, virtual assistant from India. Google Task. In, no. They're the, not only in India. They're in the Philippines and, and everything else. But it, I, I, from, from my experience, the ones from India I've found tend to be better. Yes. For lack of a better word. Okay. Elaborating on the duties of – I remember now. Elaborating on the duties – of a virtual assistant and, and how they can expand your time. Now, we've discussed ad nauseum the importance of your time as a real estate agent or as a person, but if you're a nine-to-fiver, your time is not as important because you're on the clock from nine-to-five versus if you're an entrepreneur or a realtor, you are always on the clock. So your, your time is your ultimate variable. You are making your own money versus a nine-to-five where – it's kind of a set paycheck, which is not a bad thing, but it's the the time variable difference. It's just a different notable. model. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So, all right. So let's say, okay, your son's birthday is coming up or your daughter's birthday, right? And you're like, oh, wow, I have uh, seven appointments. Um, I have seven showings. I have uh, a contract that needs to be reviewed. I need to schedule. I need to schedule. On it, whatever. You don't have time to buy a present. You can simply tell your virtual assistant, hey, my son likes skateboards. He likes Alien Workshop. He likes Venture Trucks. He likes uh, Spitfire. As you can tell, I used to skate when I was in high school. <laughs> he likes, he likes uh, Spitfire wheels, wh whatever the case may be, and they can buy that versus you have to go on, going out and shop. Another thing, an, another example would be setting up doctor's appointments, setting up dentist appointments. Whatever you need, your virtual assistant can and will do for you. That is what is so awesome about having a virtual assistant. And for to start off with, they are only $400 a month to start off with. So mm -hmm. it's not like you're breaking the bank and they will explode and expand your time that I can't, I can't even begin to express. I think actually, just to clarify so you guys know, when it comes to tasks every day, I believe they're 550 per month part-time. 
and you do have to pay for the first two months. So just so that you know, so that way you don't guys don't come back to us and go, well, you said it was $400. And could, could you give them like, a, an example when we're, when we're um, selling real estate of, of some of the things that we did, like collect emails and. Oh boy. Okay. So when we, so we hired on a virtual assistant uh, for about, what was it? Two months. And she before was we started able, the brokerage. before we started the brokerage, we really wanted to understand because we're an online real estate brokerage. We wanted to understand what kind of coverage could an online real estate brokerage have in one state. So we already knew that we needed one broker. But when we started to expand, which realtor boards and MLS board, uh, MLS systems do we need to have access to? But there's so many. And so being really brand new, we didn't really know where to start. So the first thing is our assistant was able to go in and do all the basic admin stuff. So for instance, they were able to go in. Uh, she went into our MLS system because I, I was still a realtor at the time and copy and paste all the emails first and foremost from all the MLS and say, okay, who can we reach out to that may be interested in this new kind of brokerage? So she did all of the legwork on the realtor end. Then she called all of the realtor boards in the state of Florida and a few other states that we're, we are going to be expanding to and find out what we need, what are the requirements. She made the phone calls. She set up the emails. She set up appointments when we needed it done. And then on the social media side, she was posting. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was really awesome because this is what I did. And I'm really, I'm very type A. When I like something done, I like it done a very certain way. So I gave very, very clear instructions. So by the time she took it over, she was really great with all the admin and spreadsheet stuff. So she was able to go in and say, okay, so you need social media done. You need 24 posts done. And you need them automated and put on whether it was Buffer or social jukebox, which used to be known as tweak jukebox, she would be able to go in and automate those posts exactly as we already had them. And also find out, let's say, top 20 quotes from the top 20 entrepreneurs, and then start to put those on the website or on the on Twitter, and then like schedule Instagram posts. There was so much she was able to do on the admin side, on social yeah. media side, on the personal side. I had people that were constantly, and you, you're going to have this as a realtor. Going back to the people, 80, going back to the eighty twenty rule, we had a client that was part of the twenty percent of people that were causing us eighty percent of the problems. Yeah, so we had her right. take care of. Oh my gosh, that was so awesome. Okay, so I had a client at the time when I had my admin, and this gentleman. For lack of a nicer term, this is, is actually that's really nice to call him. This gentleman did not respect boundaries. And in real estate, guys, you're going to deal with that. This is not something taboo that I'm talking about. It is true. You're going to deal with people that sometimes simply either don't care or don't know what the boundaries are. And so he thought he could call all th all hours of the day. And if you're a female, ladies, you if, guys are going to. If you're a pretty female. If you're pretty. If, and you're nice. You're going to deal with this. You're going to deal with a lot of guys hitting on you. And you're, this is kind of what happened. Yeah, you're going to get hit on. And so this client, uh, as an example, was someone who constantly tried to talk, not necessarily inappropriately, but at inappropriate times, even though I had set my standard. I had an email signature, which Tim Ferriss talks about. 
you basically set your time. You have an email signature saying, I'm available from this time to this time. I'll return your call. And thankfully, at the time, I had my assistant. And so he was always trying to call for things that didn't have anything to do with real estate. And the moment I realized that, I was very happy to direct him back to my assistant who she basically screened my calls. So it's so good for so many things. And I love the way Tim says it. Tim Ferriss says, basically, you can start setting up your assistant to do just asshole things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> prank, prank call your parents at two in the morning. Yeah, that was one of the things he said. Yeah. And of course, I didn't do, or not of course, but like I didn't necessarily do that at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, you did. Prank call my parents at no, two I'm hours. Joking, no, joking, but... Joking. But she was able to go in and, and, you know, call him back for me on my behalf and say, hey there, this is Katrina with Follow Me Realty. I just wanted to touch base because I'm calling on behalf of DeAndrea and I wanted to see what I can relay, what information I can relay. And he didn't like that. He completely ignored the voice message yep. and the text message she sent. And he, called, he said, you're not a good realtor. And I said, you're right. I'm a broker. And I'm here to help more than one person. And so it was anyway, the point is it was really good to be able to have somebody who could screen that information at the time because your time, like we say all the time, is your everything. It is the most valuable resource you have. Yep. It, hands down the most valuable resource you have. So it was actually pretty funny to kind of do that experiment because we started to implement Tim Ferriss principles that we hadn't necessarily implemented before or had the capability to do before because for whatever reason. And so we said, well, let's go ahead and see how this works. And beginning a new brokerage, when we started to do that, um, the feedback, and guys, you're going to actually experience this, and I want to talk to you guys about this. When you start setting your standard for your time, and just your overall what you do and how you practice real estate, you're going to start getting some pe some people who may not necessarily like the way you're, you're doing You're going to start it. getting some backlash from people that maybe had access to you that no longer have access to you like And this includes to. your family, your professional Mainly colleagues. family, I mean, mm. if, we're, if we're being honest. I'm not going to say mainly family because there were so many people that were not family. So for instance... When I set an email signature, and again, this is in the four-hour work week, I set an email signature that basically went out every, you know, every time I sent an email that said I'm available from this time to this time. If you need me for emergencies, only contact this number. And that went to Katrina, our assistant. So I actually had someone, and he was a aerial videographer and photographer at the time. And again, we were just starting the business, so it was very important to control our time as best possible and make sure that we weren't just sitting on the phone with people for an hour. Your every 24 hours is so crucial. Well, once he saw the email signature, this uh, videographer and photographer, although I love him so much, at the same time, once he saw it, he sent an immediate email saying, I think I need to talk to you. This is very important. And I didn't have time like that to just immediately call someone who said that unless they specified what it was. Unless they're giving you money. Unless they're paying you so for whatever reason. And so, you know, I, I sent him a text and said, hey, I'm available at 2 p.m., which, again, is reiterating what I had in my email signature. I was available from 2 p.m. until, I think, 6 p.m. And I said, hey there, I'm available at 2, but it, is there anything I can help you with right now? What's going on? Is everything okay? Because he made it sound dire, and he said... 
well, there are some things I need to talk to you about. Well, it turns out he had a huge issue with the email signature, <laughs> which was really funny to me. Yeah. Because if you listen to enough entrepreneurs, you listen to enough success-minded people, they're all going to tell you that this is going to happen. Guys, you're going to get backlash. If you listen to Grant, this is what he's going to tell you. He'll say that they will hate you and then they will make you. Money follows attention. Yes. They're going to hate you first because you're you're constantly producing content. You're going, going, going. They're like, oh, wow, who does, who does so-and-so think she is? Mm-hmm. Constantly snapping. Constantly having Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. Constantly doing open houses. And you know, that's funny that who you say that. does she think she because is? Because I was so readily available on social media. And even now, I'm very readily available on social media. I constantly talk to people all the time. But if you try to call just to say, hey, what's up? Or you try to snap a personal, you know, thing that pertains to business, then that's a completely different story. So I, I, I delegate my time and I direct the communication to very specific places. And you as a real estate agent need to be doing the same thing. So back to the story, this, um, this videographer, this photographer, he really didn't like it. And so he just basically let me know on text because I wouldn't leave it alone and say, yeah, I'll call you in an hour so I can sit on the phone for an hour and you tell me this. So I said, well, what's going on? Is everything okay? I said it again. He said, I don't think that your clients are going to take very kindly to you setting specific hours. And this is an actual conversation that happened. To setting specific hours in your email, you should be more available to your clients than that because there are people who want to buy and sell homes. So the first thing is, I don't buy and sell homes and, with and anyone And when anymore. someone says that, you know your shit's working. Yeah. Don't take that as, oh crap, I just got negative feedback from somebody who I respect or admire or anything like that. You know it is working, guys. It's going to happen. You're going to have people that come to you and don't like the way you're doing it. And that's okay. That's If you were doing it the you, way everybody else would do it, you wouldn't be... You used to be available for brunch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I call you and I go straight to voice messages. Motherfucker, I'm busy. And, and your voicemail says, I'm available from this time until this time. Some people aren't going to like that. You're automating your time. You're delegating your time. You're controlling your time. And you're, and you're setting new, new goals and new standards for yourself. And, right. th- and that is exactly what you should do as a human being. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why are we here? The point is, when it comes to your time... It is your most valuable asset. And so you definitely need to come into real estate understanding that, yes, you are worthy of delegating your time. Yes, you deserve to do that. And no one can take that away from you. And this is something that you have to do. Yep. So in short, get a virtual assistant. Have her do the minutia, meaning the BS that you don't want to do, whether that's email somebody whether that's go collect a thousand emails from luxury buyers, maybe foreclosed agents, whatever the case is, they have the capability and ability. Foreclosed abil- homes? Yeah, foreclosed homes, sorry. Okay, gotcha. Foreclosed. What, what did I say? You said foreclosed agents. <laughs> foreclosed agents. Go get those emails. <laughs> Joking. What, what, whatever the case is, um, an assistant will greatly, greatly, greatly expand your time and give you more time to deal with, you know, with, with the clients that are making you money. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. Yeah, that's really And rough. that's basically, I mean, guys, the name of the game is owning your time and using it wisely. And so that's it. We really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It went a lot longer than the last one, so hopefully you've stuck around for the rest because most of the good stuff came at the end. So thank oh, you. Oh, know, you know they did. You know they did. Hopefully. Thank you guys so much for joining. We hope you enjoyed this. Please like, subscribe, follow us on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube, everywhere. We really are everywhere, and we want to see We're not on agents. Facebook. We're not on Facebook. But guys. follow us anywhere We're but everywhere Facebook. everywhere that it matters for our brand. So we really hope that you guys enjoyed this and that you follow us, subscribe to us, and if you have any questions, please comment below, and we will see you on the next episode.